time to get up, get out of bed. Fill your cup and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios in Knoxville, it's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Here are your hosts, John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves. Coming at you live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It's the Fan Run Morning Show. Good morning, Knoxville. February 2nd. It's Friday. Congrats. You made it. It's the last day of your work week. John Reed, Bob Baskerville, Sam Beard. Jam-packed show today. Lots of guests in hour two and hour three as we preview Kentucky and as we get you set for your weekend. Bob, how are you? I'm good. Glad that it's Friday. I followed up, uh, if you recall, yesterday I said I had such a great night's sleep on Wednesday night. Last night, not so great, but I'm I'm good. I'm ready to uh, roll today. You're right. We got a good show. Yeah, I'm on fumes today, or at least I felt that way this morning when I woke up. Made the mistake of falling asleep on the couch last night and twelve thirty, woke up one. I was like, oh no. I was like, I hope I can fall back asleep. I did fall back asleep, so I, I did get up and make it to bed. But yeah, not, not not a good idea on Thursday night to fall asleep on the couch. Sam, what about you? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I'm uh, I, I would be lying if I said I was well rested too. I think I think all three of us are a little. A little short on the gas tank, but it's the last day of the week. You can get it out. There of you us. go. I, you know, the other thing too was my, uh, if you recall, on Thursday I mentioned I, I had the benefit of my TV remote in the bedroom dying. Well, I replaced the batteries yesterday, uh-huh. and and then I stayed up and watched the end of that Wisconsin Nebraska mm-hmm. game that went to overtime. So that didn't help, but hey, it's our job, right? We got to know. We got to got to be paying attention to this stuff. Yeah, so Tennessee's best win takes a little bit of a hit. I don't know if Wisconsin will be punished too much for losing that game on the road, right? It was at Nebraska, right? On the road at yeah. Nebraska. And, and they're saying Nebraska is moving into um, maybe beyond the bubble as a tournament mm-hmm. team. They're good this year. They're, they're pretty solid. So that will be a quad one loss for Wisconsin. I don't think it will knock them too much. But Wisconsin is Tennessee's best win, so you, you kind of root for them to, to be strong and help prop you up. And they may turn things, you know, that's one of the games we're previewing later. They play uh, Sunday at home against Purdue, which uh, that's obviously a big game. They're both tied for first in the Big Ten. So if they can win that, they can right the ship pretty quick. At, at Purdue or at Wisconsin? It's at the Cole Center in Wisconsin. Okay. So, yeah. It would be nice if Tennessee was the only team that could go in there and win at the Cole Center. So hopefully they could beat Purdue on Sunday. Sam, what about you? What sports had your mind last night? Um, how honestly watched a little bit of NBA last night. Oh yeah, kind of, uh, kind of unprecedented for me a little bit. I was tuned into that Lakers Celtics game a little bit. Um, had a decent time watching it. Austin Reeves went off. A lot of uh, a lot of bets lost. I think on that game. A lot of yeah. I mean the the Lakers were without their two best players as Anthony Davis and LeBron James were like ah we're not gonna play and. Sorry, NBA. I know it's nationally televised, but you're not going to get our two big stars. And Austin Reeves said, it's okay. I got it, guys. Came out, hit 7-3, scored 32 points. Looked awesome. Meanwhile, the Celtics had their entire team together, and you know, they've been one of the best teams in the NBA all year. They've been, for a while, we're on a historic pace at home. You know, they, It took them like 20 games to even lose at home. And then, yeah, they they, they dropped that to the makeshift Lakers and you said there's a lot of bets lost on that game? Well, I would imagine. Um, Did the G.I. Jake show, were they all over it? Because uh, I saw those records they posted this morning on on, <laughs> on X. And I don't know. We need to have an intervention. We need, we need to call the Tennessee red line. We need to do something with those boys. I, once they started tweeting it out, I feel like it's fair game to discuss because it does kind of fall back on us. And I didn't see that they've been doing any NBA games on there. But was, was it on there for them? No, it was on there. Oh, no. Jake had Celtics minus 10 and a half. Like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So he missed it by 20 points? <laughs> yes. I mean, if they tweet it out, we got we to gotta have a, a conversation about it because 
it, it, it's coming from the Fox Sports Knoxville account. There, there's going to be people all around that see that, that, that see us, and think, wow, that station's giving out terrible picks. That's our name on the line, too. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's all of us. So, like, <clears throat> now they tweet out the graphic, and I will give Jake credit. I believe it's Jake. I believe Jake's the one handling on the graphic. I, I think he's the one doing all the work. So, I will give him credit. Graphic looks good. You're doing a lot of work. You're going above and beyond. I appreciate that side of it. However, the meat and potatoes of it, the the actual fixings of it, it ain't delivering. I wonder if that's why Eli Hershkovich may cancel us today as far as his guest appearance. Cause... I don't know. Maybe he sees that we need help more than ever, but like he probably looks at – again, he probably knows – I hope he knows it's not us making those picks. I mean, I will say they do do a good job of putting their own picture up there, and they know that that don't look like me, that don't look like Bob, that don't look like Sam or Houston or Russell. Or bear. So I will I will say at least hopefully the audience knows. But I, yeah, I saw the graphic they put up and the first the, the only reply so far was like, this is kind of embarrassing. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Is that what it says? Wow. Russell's yeah, you know, I, I saw that someone's just like, you know, why why are we uh why are we uh celebrating this maybe? But again, I, we need to tell the boys after us they gotta tighten up. And not T-A-T-A-N, the other spelling. Yes. You got to tighten up. I'm seeing it now. It is embarrassing. You're right. <laughs> but, again, I, I guess you could say that the, the G.I. Jake show, they're, they're transparent with their picks. Sure. Some people would go back and change those picks or not post the graphic. You know how when the team loses, Sam, sometimes they don't tweet out the final score. Mm-hmm. Credit to Jake. Up and at it early this morning to update the records. By the way, the four of them, no one's over 500. No intern one's o- Jack's at 500 now. Well, I said no one's over 500, <laughs> but good job by Intern Jack, proving to be the tallest. Oh, never mind. I can't say that anymore. Uh, proven to be uh, the best at picking or the least bad at picking on the show. But I- I'm hoping that the they all look in the mirror this morning. And I hope they know it's rock bottom. But there's only one way to go from rock bottom. And hopefully that's up. You can't lay around at rock bottom, though, and never get better. That is a possibility, too. But 0-16 for Marcus has to be a bit, right? Like there's no, way this, there's no way this guy's actually giving out 16 picks on the radio and going 0-16. There's no way. I refuse to believe it. He couldn't have gotten lucky one out of 16 <clears throat> times. It's more impressive than going like 14-2 and two as right. far as I'm concerned. 100%. I mean, uh, now everyone knows where to fade yeah you know i I had friends sending texts that they've been fading their picks and and making money fading their picks i got a text of somebody who made four four digits he made a thousand dollars last night over a thousand dollars by fading the picks of the gi jake show i love you marcus but (laughs) oh and 16 it has to be a bit i I'll give Marcus. Oh, well, he went 0 and 8. Then he started. He started whining. Uh, to let to pull the curtain back to the audience and let them kind of see. Marcus was like, "Hey, I'm not doing this anymore." Are I'm, you Are I'm, you pulling it in my defense for Marcus? I'm pull, well, kind of. <laughs> in his defense, he was like, "I'm not doing this anymore. It's not fun. I don't want to do it." And then Jake was like, "No, you got to." So I don't know if Marcus has necessarily taken the last two days of picks seriously, but he did go 0 and 8 the first two days while trying. Which, in his defense, he said to parlay them. So I told him he should be like, hey, actually, that's just 0-2. You put a $10 parlay in, you lose. You don't lose $40. He, he wasn't saying a round robin or anything. He just said, hey, do a parlay. So, I mean, in, my, in his defense, he maybe should just be 0-2. But then, yeah, the next two days, I don't know if they're making his picks or they're forcing him or he's protesting. I don't know. But 0-16, you, you got to luck into one at some point. I feel like John's defending uh, one of the – offshoots of the John Reed coaching tree with Marcus. <laughs> you know, we, we had him as the parlay puss. You know, he, he specialized, he says, in, in eight-game parlays or eight-leg parlays of same-game parlays. He never hit them, but at least he would get a couple things right every now and then. Now they got him doing just straight bets and, and picking games, and I guess that's not his fort. And, and picking Maine. You know, Sometimes the you know the smaller conferences they don't have the tightest lines. Maybe he thought he had an edge there. He, he did not. I'm gonna ask Eli about Maine today. <laughs> like, what do you think about Maine? Like a real sharp 
See what he says. You know, he might be like, you know what? I was all over Maine last night, too. That was a tough loss for your guy, who is now 0-16, Marcus. That would be great if Eli comes on here. He's like, man, I'm 0-16 in my last 16 yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been riding you guys. It's been cold. <laughs> we got to get it together, boys. We got to get it together. Because, again, it's the Fan Run Radio logo up in the top right. Intern Jack, looking at it, he was he was just a Rick Brunson explosion away from going 4-0. Just let him heat up a little bit. Maybe or Intern Jay Jack's going to make a name for himself. Maybe this is going to put him over. This is how you become a star, Jack. Because that 8-8 eight eight looks great up against two 5-11s and a 0-16. Oh you look like a star. That's all I could think about. I see that graphic first thing this morning as we're show prepping. I was like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Get it together, boys. Like, what was what, what was the – I mean, like, two nights ago, this is why I'm, I'm going to give Marcus a little bit of uh, credit for protesting because his picks two nights ago were Army money line, Vandy money line, Valpo money line, Northwestern money line. So, I mean, like – That's got to be a bit. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> it took Vandy to beat Auburn? It took Vandy money line. He took – Northwestern money line. If you took Northwestern spread, he would have covered. But, I mean, like I, I think, like I said, the first two days, I think the 0 and 8 were legit. Now I'm worried Marcus is just trying to uh, go <clears throat> winless. Although, what were his picks yesterday? Was it the same? Did he have a bunch of money lines on there last night? He had all spreads, I believe. Oh, okay. So, no, he went back to jo- – <laughs> but, again, I don't know if he made those picks because he wasn't even on the show yesterday. You know what? This reminds – when you mentioned Army, it reminded me, like, back in the day when I would be playing EA college football way back when. Uh-huh. And I would be like, I'm just going to be interested. I'm going to play – I'm going to be Army in this game against, like, you know, I don't know, like USC. Because, you know, the way their offense is structured, it would just be run, 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 and, and you would get killed. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't even – it wouldn't matter if, you, if you're good at the game. It yeah. doesn't matter. And uh, so when you said Army as a pick, I was like, good Lord. It doesn't matter, no matter what Marcus does, no matter what the, the show does, they're, they're struggling. But again, this is rock bottom. I, I want them all to look themselves in the mirror and decide what they're going to do. Are you going to get better? Are you going to grind? Are you going to do some research? Are you going to you going to get these picks tight? Or are you just going to keep throwing out stinkers? Five and eleven plus five and eleven plus zero and sixteen. What what is that? What is that? That is. 10 for 28? No, 10 for, yeah, 10 for 38? Is that right? Yes. 10 for 38? You mean aside from Jack? Well, he's an intern. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving Jack his props. Good job by you, Jack. Eight and eight, but he's an intern. So I was just going to say the three three people that the show is built around are 10 and 38. So they average uh, three and 13, roughly. That's not great. That's not great. They're, they're, they're. They're, they're right around 25%. I was like, our South Carolina shooting numbers. Yeah, how dare they come on and <laughs> criticize anybody's decision-making or how anybody's performing in a basketball game with 10 and 38 as, as what they're shooting. How dare they come on and talk about anybody else in sports, not being able to do their job. How dare they? Get it together, Jake. You're letting the troops down. You are letting the army down. The troops are are you're embarrassing them. Get it together, boys. All right, we'll get started with our show uh, after the break. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Good morning. Traffic's on the increase out here in West Knoxville, 40 east and west at Cedar Bluff, Walker Springs. Still likes good coming out of Campbell County, Anderson County on the interstate, southbound 75, uh, all the way down to Merchants Road. It's moving around just a bit on Rutledge Pike, working your way towards the interstate. Pioneer, they're hiring HVAC techs, and they're paying a $3,000 bonus. Just call Pioneer Heating and Air today at 351-1125. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just... Tennessee versus the NCAA Volume 3 as we got Danny White putting out a statement. And Danny White revved it up a little bit, took it up a notch, said he wanted all of his friends in the industry to hear it straight from him. You got it for us. You just go. This is what we call Bob reading. Yes, this will be my uh, my little excerpt. Uh, 
I'll just read to you what uh, Danny White said because he would like a word now with the NCAA. The NCAA generally does not comment on infractions cases because there's a rule against it. However, that has not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media as they did this week about us. Their actions made this ill-conceived investigation public and forced us to defend ourselves. It is clear that the NCAA staff does not understand what is happening at the campus level all over the country in the NIL space. After reviewing thousands of Tennessee coach and personnel phone records, NCAA investigators didn't find a single NIL violation, so they moved the goalpost to fit a predetermined outcome. They're stating that the nebulous, contradictory NIL guidelines, written by the NCAA, not the membership, don't matter, and applying the old booster bylaws to collectives. If that's the case, then 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. This is obviously silly and not productive, as is blaming the membership whenever they are challenged. We need to be spending our time and energy on solutions to better organize college athletics in the NIL era, something that NCAA leadership failed to do back in 2021. Student athletes, prospective student athletes, coaches, and administrators across the country deserve better, and I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example of their own agenda. All the best, Danny White. He didn't say that at the end. That was uh... that, that was you adding it in. Yes. He, he did not wish the NCAA all the best. What I will say is that, to me, the big takeaways are the very first thing he said and the very last thing he said. Mm-hmm. Everything in the middle, you know, it was just kind of details. But the thing at the beginning where he's like, hey, he basically quotes what the NCAA says and then turns it around on them, you know, where he's talking about how the NCAA said they don't usually discuss accusations or discuss. How do you say it? They don't um, usually discuss. They generally do not comment on infractions cases. Right. He says because it's against the rules to do so. <clears throat> like the NCAA is not allowed to comment on anything. So like they have broken their own rules that we've agreed upon by commenting on Tennessee. And then at the end where he says he's not going to allow, what do you say, the NCAA to make Tennessee basically the 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 scapegoats uh, and and try to make an example out of Tennessee, use Tennessee as an example for all of their failures. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it's yeah. I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agenda. Um, yeah, and what we've learned about Danny White just recently too, where we were reminded of it is, I mean, he's going to throw down on topics about seating arrangements in the arena. So when it when you come after his athletic program, uh, like I said, he decided to have a word, and it's just uh, it's it's consistency in the the thread of conversation that's coming from Tennessee in all of this. Um, it's been pretty interesting, and <clears throat> as I mentioned to John during the break, uh, there's it seems to me that if you're on social media and on X and you're looking around at some of the at least some of the other uh, media figures I follow nationally, uh, there continues to be, maybe it's not specifically towards Tennessee, but it's towards the topic in general. And I mean, I, I think there's, there's definitely a groundswell of, Hey, what the hell are we doing here? You know, and, and pointing that at the NCAA. Yeah. I just kind of laughed yesterday at, at Stuart Mandel, who within like a couple hours it went from man Tennessee cheaters and Tennessee's going to be in trouble and Tennessee made a mockery of of NIL and the NCAA to then quote tweeting that and being like well yeah there's nothing the NCAA is going to be able to do about it though like basically like nothing nothing happens that is going to be punished they're going to win and I was almost like he was just kind of bending the knee and realizing like yeah the more I talk to people and the the more people realize that you know nothing's going to happen to Tennessee that they're going to win this battle. I believe so, yeah. that's I'm getting the same take on that. One of the things I thought while reading Danny's statements, and I don't know if it stood out to you or anybody else, but I, when I was reading, I was like, huh, I actually think Danny wrote this. Like when, oh, yeah. When I read Plowman's, <clears throat> I was like, you know, she probably had it outlined, but maybe they, you know somebody touched it up or you know maybe they went to a firm that kind of put it out and you know, made it sure it was – technically sound and tight and maybe you ran it by the lawyers to make sure like hey you're not saying anything you don't you're not supposed to say when i read dance kind of like, that was just him kind of just putting that out himself 
putting his statement out, putting his name on it, and not really passing it by anybody else to to comb over. I would agree with that. I was just looking at one of uh, Barrett Salee's comments. Uh, the NCAA coming at Tennessee for breaking NIL rules that didn't exist yet is like me getting mad at my kids for staying up late when I never told them when to go to bed. Um, I mean, there's you can just find dozens of these across social media. I mean, everybody's just – I can't feel great to be an NCAA staffer at the moment. No, no, it can't. And then I saw, you know, some people at Tennessee message boards who were calling the NCAA to try to do their own research and ask questions, and they're just like, please refer to the rules online. The rules change constantly. Just please refer to the rules online. We're not having this discussion, and we don't even know the rules really. Just they, they change, and please follow them online. <laughs> That's what we tell everybody, to go online and look at the rules. I mean, on, on one hand, we'd say Barrett Salee, I, I kind of – I'm like, yeah, he, he's a guy that's trying to kind of ride in the wave of Tennessee of likes and retweets and like, hey, here you go. I'm on your side, Tennessee. I got your back. Like me. Retweet me. On the other scope, you have the people who are like, hey, I hate Tennessee. Argue with me. If you hate Tennessee, agree with me. Like me. Retweet me. It's We've, we've had that conversation the last couple of weeks of just Tennessee being a lightning rod. You know, we talked about the Titans being kind of insignificant, but on the other hand, the Vols being college football's lightning rod. You could typically get your impressions up, your engagements up, if you talk about Tennessee. And I was also thinking, there's a lot to talk about with Tennessee. It feels like we are the most interesting program in, in athletics. Like, I have felt that way about a long time. I mean, it's not all been good. A lot of it's been bad. But you can't say that being a Tennessee fan in the last 10 years has been boring. Even the last 15 years, you can't say it's been boring. Had a lot to do, a lot to talk about. I agree. It was a little uh, almost borderline embarrassing at a few points, and we're way past that now. That's It feels good now because, you know, programs are good. We're in a position now that's happening with the NCAA where it feels like, again, we've, we've touched on it all week, the administration's strong here, and it uh, feels like it's clear they're not going to lay down. They're, they're going to fight this thing to the end, and – uh, it's a, it, yeah, I, I would agree though. We're, we're definitely, uh, on, on people's minds right now and more positive than it used to be. It was tough three, four or five years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I say that it's been interesting and that you've been a lightning rod, sometimes that's bad. You know, it hasn't been yeah. all good. It hasn't been boring. Never. It hasn't been boring, but yeah, no, there've been some definitely low lows <clears throat> and I think there's been some pretty high highs and I do think we're in the midst of another high. I do think that. And I, 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 I wear the response from our administration and our fan base kind of as a badge of honor. You know, it is kind of nice to kind of fight against an institution. Called it galvanizing the other day. It does feel galvanizing. It does feel like something that, you know, excites people. And quite frankly, I think it's something you could be proud of. You know, when you look at your three-headed monster over there of Boyd, Plowman, and White, like those guys are, those guys and lady are, are good. You're in good hands. I mean, I sent it on a group text yesterday that picture um, of uh, the the Donde T-shirt that's out there. It's like, how often do university chancellors have a positive piece of merch in their name? Yeah, you almost always hate your administration, right? Yeah. You almost always hate your administration. Think of them as like the referees in, in games, typically. Like you you either don't notice them and don't have a strong opinion on them or you hate them. It's typically how it works. Like that's they're in a position of power. You don't usually like people in positions of power. Either you, ah, eh, they're fine. I don't really have an opinion. Or like, oh, man, they're awful. They're a joke. They're embarrassing. Jimmy Cheek eats his boogers. I mean, that was the thing whenever I was your age, Sam, like whenever I was in school, our chancellor got accused of eating boogers. That's legit. I don't know if you ever heard that. Didn't know that. But they always talked about Jimmy Cheek was eating boogers, and they'd had him on TV eating boogers. Apologies to him or his family if they're listening. I don't even know if Jimmy Cheek's still alive. Hopefully he is. After saying if he's listening, because I don't want somebody to be like, oh, actually, he's not with us anymore. I hope, I hope that's not the case. But – that's the, that was the vibe you had about your chancellor during that time and your leadership during that time. Dave Hart's a jerk who takes up all the good parking spots on campus. That was another thing. Now you got uh, leadership over there that you look at and you're, you're proud of. And like Bob said, you're making T-shirts for. 
You're cheering at basketball games. Think about Roger Goodell. Just how many times he got booed, you know, coming out to do his draft. That's kind of the that's, – that's how you usually treat authority and leadership. Someone on Twitter said uh, Dante Plowman has gone from shutting down parties in the fort to becoming the George Washington of Tennessee athletics in four years. Yeah, I mean, I, I even think about that. But, yeah, I mean, she, she had the unenviable task of trying to run a college and, and control 18- to 22-year-olds that want a party during COVID. Mm-hmm. To now, like saving your your football program, or at least trying to champion your football program, and and take it to to new heights, or get it back to old heights, I guess I should say. Yeah, quite the uh, the face turn for her, at least in the student body. Yeah, I mean, if she walked out a couple years ago after what she had done to the students and their party, and she probably gets probably gets booed. Said now she gets a loud pop. I got nothing else on this today. You guys got anything else on on, on on round three, Danny White? We'll keep you updated on the battle. There'll probably be something else today or something else over the weekend. We'll have some developments, but I've said all I need to say about it. Bob, you got anything you want to add? No, I just think, uh, again, ball's in the NCAA's court. They've, they've already done, um, we'll use this term, a boilerplate response to some degree. Um, and then, like you said, John, for some people who are inquiring on their own, they're, they're giving them another patent response of, uh, you know, just we'll, we'll be in touch. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how quickly they respond again. I don't know if they will, but because uh, there's a lot of talk that this thing will just drag out too, um, which, which is kind of their game. I do wonder if the NCAA has any prod. Like, is there some man that office like, damn, Tennessee, we'll show them. They might beat us in court, but we're going to make this as hard on them as possible. If they want to be cute and send these little posts out and rally everybody against us, we're going to really try to go at them now. Uh, does anybody over there have any pride? Or they're kind of just like, hey, guys, let's just, uh, we're losing this. We're looking like a joke. Let's have some pride, actually, and not be stubborn, and let's just not embarrass ourselves anymore. There's, um... One more thing I want to share. Of course, I have to find it. Um, and it was, yeah, it was this. A buddy of mine and I were talking, and this was uh, right when everything was dropping. It was right, we, we went, he went to the Tennessee-South Carolina game with me, and we were out having an adult beverage beforehand, and um, <clears throat> he texted me last night because we were talking about the NCAA in general, and this guy's pretty well immersed in NCAA sports, does a lot of work with ESPN, et cetera. And he wrote, I was thinking what we were talking about the other day in regard to the NCAA. In 2022, the NCAA generated $1.4 billion in revenue. As a 501c nonprofit, they're taxed exempt. Where the expletive does all that money go? His point is, who investigates them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, tr- ni- it's nice to be just considered a nonprofit and just make a bunch of profit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's some of the obvious stuff we've already talked about. It goes all the way back to the O'Bannon case and everything else. And some of that's getting, you know, supposedly righted with NIL. But now the NCAA has got a problem with how that's all happening. And it just feels a little rich to hear all that. Is the NFL is also a nonprofit, right? I don't know. I think so, but I don't think so. I don't know for a fact, though. I shouldn't just say that with certainty. I, I don't know. I see a story from 14 that says, why is the NFL a nonprofit? And then in 2015, Tom said the NFL suddenly wants to pay taxes, so maybe they like gave up their tax exempt status, or maybe gave up that and yeah. wanted to kind of eventually start paying taxes. I don't know. but Boy, that, that would be <laughs> – that's that's a hell of a nonprofit. If, uh... I, I, I'd always heard that, I thought, but, I, yeah, I guess in 2015 maybe they changed that. Yeah, this article in 2015 says NFL ends tax-exempt status after 73 years. God. Yeah. Well, I kind of caught by surprise when we were talking about lawyer. I mean, that when you heard that, like, the, the collective is also considered a nonprofit. And, like, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. When you hear nonprofit, whenever it's not like a charity, it kind of throws some red flags out to me, at least. Like, what are you doing if you're not, you know, a nonprofit? Like, hey, I'm giving money to the Boys and Girls Club or, you know, something I, like that. I do wonder – you know, he touched on it a little bit, too. Um, I do wonder what this means. We've talked about what it means potentially for the NCAA. I do wonder what it means for collectives long term, because uh, they have been able to 
operate freely for a little while. And, and that isn't, I, I would agree that that's probably, look, the NCAA has made this bed by not getting involved at the outset. We've talked about that, but as a result, you know, if they do get some level of congressional support, are they going to be able to reel in these uh, collectives? Because it does feel super squishy. I mean, there's people I talk to around the country who are, they're like, hey, I've got a, I'm starting my own collective. I mean, it's like just, it's, anybody can do it, right? It's just right. Like you can get the clients. I yeah. Mean, we, we can start our own collective. It's right. just whether or not we'd want to jump through the hoops and make sure everything's legal and if we could, you know, compete or do anything worthwhile differently, right? Partner up with G.I. Jake's show on a collective. Um, we'll take, we'll, we'll, we'll fade his picks and that's we'll how we'll get money. our money. And then, yeah, if you want to be a, an athlete, we'll, we'll, we'll help pay you out. But I guess in, in the collective sense, the idea is like, hey, all the money we raise, we pay our expenses, we take our salaries, and then everything else gets distributed to the athletes, right? So I guess there is no profit laying around. So, I mean, I guess yeah, that, that, that's why it would be a nonprofit. I understand how that works, but it still seems, uh, I don't know, just weird. There, it is weird, and there's all, you know, think about the big high-profile ones. Um, Spire probably fits this mold. All that money that's flown in from donors, too. I, It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot coming in and out. And so, uh, from a, you know, we talk about taxation, other things. I mean, there's, it's, again, it's squishy. I will say that. I do think that's been one thing on my mind is what does happen to collectives in general um, as a result of this. We keep talking about, man, this could take the NCAA down. Could. Um very possible, but also collectives may have to get kind of uh, rebranded, so to speak. You know, I don't really like the guy. I don't really agree with almost anything he says, but it's a nice move by Clay Travis yesterday to try to, to lead and help Tennessee's collective. And, and people have said that he's donated a lot over the years to Tennessee's collective, but was trying to do a drive to get the, the Vol Club up to, what, 5,000 members and said if they got to 5,000 members, he'd cut a $100,000 check to them himself. We we I don't really like him, but credit where it's due. That was a nice move. It's a good yeah. way to like win. You know, like a, it's it's a popular thing right now to support Tennessee. If you're in the state, like ride that wave, get your retweets and likes, get your goodwill, fight for Tennessee. But also, it's like, hey, you're fighting the establishment, and you know, kind of everyone should get behind that. That's what the country was established on, you know, fighting the establishment. All right, you got anything to add, Sam? I'm done on the collective. Yeah, not really. All right, send us a break. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Good morning. Just a couple of minor accidents out here up to this point. Pebbleswood Parkway already starting to build, passing North Shore. All that traffic coming in from Blunt County, uh, headed out towards the Oak Ridge area here on Pebbleswood Parkway over I-40. Still looks pretty decent at the moment. 275 South here at Woodland Avenue as we check it out live. Cubits Outlet has two locations: one on North Broadway, the other location on the Parkway in downtown Gatlinburg. Cubits Outlet is your Valentine's Day headquarters. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Attention service members and veterans, introducing... Back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios... 8.15, we'll check in with Kentucky Sports Radio ahead of the Tennessee-Kentucky game on Saturday. Around 8.40, we'll talk to our friend Stats by Will. We'll get the Tennessee side of the Tennessee-Kentucky preview. 9.20, we'll talk to our gambling expert, Eli Herskovich, although 0-2 last week. Or one, one, oh, and one, and then we're up in the air on what the other one, if it was a win or a loss on the Iowa State game. I, I don't know. We won't call it a loss because a he said they're going to win by three or more. By the time the spread actually got out, it was four, four and a half. They won by four. It was the last second shot. They were up by a seven late. I, I don't know how to grade that one. I don't know how to grade that one. All right, so last night in basketball, in college basketball, <clears throat> what did we have? We had Nebraska get closer and closer to their first tournament appearance in a decade. Have they ever won a tournament game? They've never won a tournament game, correct? I know they haven't won one like in my lifetime, but like they've never won one, correct? 
Um, I know. I only remember them being in the tournament uh, for the first time, like almost ever, and that was back in the early '90s. And I don't know if they won. They no, won. they're zero and seven. They are the only power five, the only power conference school that has never won a tournament game. Yeah. So I'm kind of rooting for them to make the tournament and maybe get them a game. Yeah, I like Fred Hoiberg's story too. You know, he's had some health issues and other things, and it was kind of a gutsy move, in my opinion, to take on that job. And it's been rough there, but they're they're a pretty good team this year, I have to say. They've they, they've now knocked off. Uh, what I guess two top six teams. They Wisconsin last night. They beat Purdue earlier in the season. So yeah, they're winning some meaningful games. Nineteen point comeback too for them last night. Yeah, I thought that game was over. That's when I started watching. It was uh, yeah, it was like forty six twenty seven Wisconsin, and then I turned away for a little bit and I came back and the next thing I knew it was fifty two all, and that's when I stuck with it till the end. I'll go ahead and make my call. It's going to be very annoying. Their fans are not going to know how to feel, but they will be a last four in play-in team, and then they'll win that play-in game, and they'll have to debate whether or not they've won an NCAA tournament game. That's what's going to happen. They'll be like, "Do we count it? Is it is it a real game?" It counts. You think it counts for them? And for them, I would say no. I'd be like, ah, no, "We're not counting that one. If we're going to do it, we got to do it." But I don't know. That, that's my prediction. That they'll be right on the bubble. They'll get in those last four. And then we'll have to debate whether or not it counts. They're currently the top of the last four in list. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 So they're. Uh, so I they're. Guess I'm not going on a limb then. I guess that's exactly where they're projected. Well, you know what? By the way, that was you know that was before this game last night. So they might have moved up a little bit. Who yeah. knows? You know, you, we've talked about this. There's all this stuff so fluid. It doesn't much matter. They've still got Tennessee as a two seed, and I'm not sure that's. The case at this moment doesn't mean they can't be still ultimately. But. Nothing else really of note in college basketball from last night. Yeah, I mean, Arizona was the only other ranked team that played, and they absolutely rolled Cal, uh, as they should. So, yeah, no no surprises there. Cal's just dead at everything. How They're, much longer do they even have sports? I didn't realize Mark Fox was coaching them until just recently. Yeah, uh, I haven't thought of Cal basketball since – since Conzo left. Once I was able to b- bury that hatchet and not have to root against them anymore, I haven't thought about them. But best believe I was rooting against them while, while he was there. He got them that one year. They got to the tournament but got beaten the first round by Hawaii. Yeah. That was uh, that was fun. And that was a team they were supposed to, you know, make a deep run and they had some talent. That was Jalen Brown, right? Yeah. And they also had, uh, yeah, I want to say there was a point guard, too, that was there. That they was Yeah, good. they did. I know who you're talking about. The name escapes me, but they yeah. did. They He had a couple good recruits. He always could recruit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't thought about Cal basketball since that moment. I don't think they've never really been good except for the, I guess in the Jason Kidd era, they were, they were all right, but, um, yeah. And then, uh, we go around the horn though. And, uh, this weekend we've, we've touched on it and we'll hear more from a wagering perspective later in the show, but man, there are some big games and, and frankly, now we we've been talking about it. You know, eight of the current top ten teams in the uh, AP poll are going head to head this weekend. But now four of them have lost their most recent game. Um, but Houston and Kansas have not lost. That's going to be the first one on uh, Saturday afternoon. All this stuff starts at four p.m. I was very interested in finding out who the announced teams were, mostly to find out who was doing the Tennessee game. Yeah, yeah. We talked about, you know, where Tennessee ranks, and you could tell by the way the the announcers break out, typically. You can kind of be like, this is the A team, the B team, the C team. Have they come out with that information yet? Oh, yeah. They oh, have. Okay. Yeah, they have. So, let's, uh, so we'll start 4 o'clock. Uh, Houston at Kansas. It's on ESPN. All these Saturday games are on ESPN, so they've got quite a lineup. Uh, John Chambi and Fran Fraschilla. And uh, Chris Budden on the sidelines, you know, who's a former Knoxvillian, doing good work at ESPN. But uh, Shambi's good, and I think Fran's pretty good too. So. I don't really think of Shambi as basketball. I mean, nah, he's, he's just baseball. I mean, I, is he probably considered the third team yeah. for them? So the Houston, Kansas, getting the the bottom spot of the rankings. Okay, I would say so. Then. What are they doing for their big Tobacco Road, Duke, Carolina? A rivalry that used to mean a lot that doesn't really mean much anymore. Yeah, who would you think? Um, 6.30 on ESPN, uh, Duke at North Carolina. Dan Schulman, who I do think is a good – he 
calls basketball really well. And wait for it, Jay Billis, shocker. Um, so, yeah, that's their A team. Um, and I think Jess Sims, who became kind of a – her whole deal is – she's good, actually. She does college game day. She's a Peloton instructor, too. That's really how she made her um, celebrity. Interesting. Yeah. What's her name? Jess yeah, Sims. On, you know who this is, Sam? Right, let me see. Jess Sims. ESPN, you said? Plus, yeah. Plus instructor. Okay. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay, she used to ball, too. Used to be a little basketball player, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So she's the sideline report. She's good. She's very capable. 505,000 followers on Instagram. Because I don't know who this person is, but I'm assuming if she, has to be a, if she was a Peloton instructor that she used to be. No, yeah, she's pretty cute. It's okay. it's amazing, and I you know that was born out of COVID, but it's amazing how much impact Peloton like had in terms of. She's not the only one. There was like some celebrities that emerged as instructors. Well, I was gonna say I've heard of. There's a a girl my friends all use like Kendall. They love her. Like she's viral a lot because I mean she's yeah very attractive and and pretty funny on the mic and is good at you know doing stuff is there anybody else that well and her name escapes me right now but there's another one who um and i don't know if she's still doing it but she was uh like the sideline reporter for the brooklyn nets like for their uh regional sports network games on i guess yes is where they do those games yeah for a brief moment in time peloton was on top of the world they were i had a friend who worked for peloton and man he was living high he was their head of content and uh does he still work for them? No, he does not. No, they went through a massive yeah. round of layoffs. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, if he had survived that or if he'd gotten out before they got to the round of layoffs. Or Well, I actually think he may – to be fair, I think he actually got out on his terms before it, it would have been inevitable. He saw it coming and decided he was moving on. But uh, that's a classic – that's a whole other topic, but that's a classic business example of they just uh, – they totally – didn't understand their supply chain. They they overproduced and then didn't sell, and because they were such a hot commodity. So that was the problem. Is like, hey, everyone's buying these bikes, and they thought this was going to last forever, and not realizing, like, hey, there's a yeah. finite number of people that are going to buy these, and and quite frankly, they they are selling something that people aren't going to buy multiple ones of, and the idea is that they won't need another one for you know seven years, a decade. I mean, I don't know how yeah. quickly they wear out, but I would imagine if you buy something as expensive as that is. You'd hope to keep it at least for you know five or six years. Yeah, agreed, and and that's exactly what happened. And then they they tried to widen their net and go into other um, other pieces of equipment like a treadmill and yeah. other things. And and there's there's in most instances those situations don't work out. Kenny Rogers uh, Chicken and Boston Market were great examples of that. They tried to go into things besides what they did, which was chicken, and uh, didn't work. So yeah. Somehow we're talking about that in not college basketball. I apologize, but um, but yeah. So Jess Sims, back to that. She's well, the, that was my fault. I was just wanting to check out Jess Sims and see. And no, she's good. She's now I'm thinking of George Foreman Grills because I was like, does that count as what you're talking about with doing something that you're not supposed to do? But I was like, nah, it's just kind of an endorsement. George Foreman Grills were a thing though. They were oh, they're a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I loved mine. Are they not a thing anymore? Are they? Uh, no, you know what? They still are for like when my son started yeah, school, we got him one, and man, they were using it every night. Yeah, and, yeah. No, I think they're still. They, it was supposed to be the whole Colgan grill. Was it really? But he didn't answer the call from wow. his agent. He, at least according to him, I mean, Hulk Hogan tells some some fables and lies about some stuff. But he's like, "Yeah, brother, they, I missed that phone call and billion dollar phone call. Kick myself every day. I can't picture. Not him. a good Hulk Hogan impression. Sorry, brothers. <laughs> I can't picture him." doing that whole like a commercial and you know i don't think it would be nearly as successful george's george has no, been so good as the, as the grill guy so yeah like i don't think it would have worked for hulk hogan place that broad in there brother but i guess they were just like hey like well let's find some guy that's big and tough and we'll make him be the spokesperson of our grill it'll work just get us hulk hogan or george foreman yes and if that doesn't work i guess maybe call mike tyson <laughs> we'll see all right, so then the main event for uh folks in big orange country is uh tennessee at kentucky uh, Tennessee currently ranked number five. Kentucky currently ranked number ten. Um, you know, the only guy that updates any sort of rankings, and it's not official, but it's Gary Parish over at CBS, and he's done his uh, top twenty-five and one. And Tennessee is down to number eight, and Kentucky is not ranked. That was a pretty bold move there. Wait, 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 wait. Kentucky's not ranked. I didn't see him on there. 
Maybe I missed it. Well, I mean, like, you know, Kentucky was a team that people pointed to whenever they were in the top ten. And you looked at it and it's like, hey, some regression's coming here, and they haven't really beaten anybody, and they also have a bad loss. This team is not a top ten team. This team is not that good. And, you know, you're kind of waiting to see the other shoe drop and that to kind of even out. And Yeah, I just confirmed it. He, he does not have them ranked. Um, Tennessee, number eight. By the way, not for nothing, number 26, Sam. Indiana, Indiana State. State. All right, moving it's a on. Good team, John. You know, I, I will say that you guys have you guys have brought them to my attention, and I don't, I shouldn't have lashed out. Your task for the weekend is to watch Indiana not, State versus not, Drake. That's not gonna happen. Come on, it's a good basketball game. I understand. That's not gonna happen. That will be a big game. I'm Check. gonna ask Will about it. He was tweeting about it yesterday. It's, well, it's like the fourth best game this weekend, I think. Will's a basketball nerd, so I mean, I, 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 I say that with love. You guys <laughs> can nerd out about it. I am a basketball, a college basketball casual. I'm not going to watch it. I'll be watching King of Queens or watching a movie or or walking around doing something. I'm not going to be – what time is it? When is the game? Uh, it's a 6 o'clock yeah, game, I think. I think. You're going to watch that instead of Duke Carolina? Oh, I would. I, I don't care about Duke Carolina. I'll be perfectly honest. I, 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 we're calling it a headline game, and it is, but you know, big brands, but um, – It'll be on my top TV. I'll be flipping through. Yeah. Oh, I'll be top fl- TV. How many TVs you got in your Only setup? Two. <laughs> uh, only two. Okay. That's this is when you Plus need. like other screens too. Like are you how many games are you watching at one time? Uh sometimes I'll bring like my laptop out yeah. if I really yeah. need to watch three the, at a time. This but it's is, hard to see that. I remember those days. Do either of you have YouTube TV? Yes. yes. So you have multi-view. That's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I, I love it. I got to be honest, I don't really fire up YouTube TV enough because I still pay for cable. I just got added to someone's YouTube TV, and I paid them whenever I got the Sunday ticket. Yeah. So he might kick me off soon, actually. I don't know. But, like, I got a profile. So I would watch NFL on there, and, you know, especially as the season went to, to hell, it kind of just pulled the Titans on my phone and watch the Sunday ticket and, and the multi-view on there. But for college basketball, I haven't really broken it out because I still pay for cable i wish you could build your own multi-view i agree yeah i agree that's they're they're kind of sometimes there's two games that i just like really don't care about that drove me crazy and i didn't know if i was just not familiar with youtube tv and like i was missing the section where i could pick it but like i would want two or three set you know particular games on the multi-view for sunday ticket and they wouldn't offer it and that that did kind of drive me crazy although i did see that they are uh considering letting you pick yeah and they make a lot of combinations so i appreciate that but it's usually i mean a good point is if you have interest in watching carolina duke and the indiana state drake game they may not be on multi-view together they may you know carolina duke will be there for sure but it may be some other weird you know like conference usa game or something so anyway so that game's on at 8 30 on espn tennessee at kentucky tom hart and jimmy dykes so we know that we'll hear good things about Tennessee throughout the game. Um, by the way, Tom Hart had a great comment. I don't know if you heard it. And for me, as a former customer at Long's Drugs, which is closed up for good a couple weeks ago, um, Tom Hart always makes note of uh, Knoxville landmarks due to his time. We talked about that earlier in the week. He was used to be the voice of the Tennessee Smokies, and that – Tennessee-South Carolina game, he said something to the – it's pretty close. It's, I won't quote it, but it was um, the the charge and uh, three-second calls have gone the way of Long's drugs in this game. Yeah, I noticed that. It seemed forced, i got to be honest. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to make sure he got that. It yep. was his homage to Long's, clearly. Yep. And that was about the only way, I guess, he felt he could do it. But it seemed forced, and it seemed sad. Actually, if I, if I was someone who, you know, was uh, – Used to be a part of the Long family, or was it there? I was like, oh, you had to bring up that we closed and that it was over. They had a lot of sad. That, that place had a lot of love. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and then you just talk about it being gone. It's just kind of a, yeah. Times did, are changing. Did you guys ever get a chance to go there or no? The like the the soda fountain thing they did, the restaurant. I've only been there once. I get my hair cut right under it though. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered if, if there was anybody I knew that went to that yeah. place. I've always seen it. Yeah, they had like an actual place where, you know, they and it's old school where they do lunch, breakfast and lunch, and milkshakes and other things. And I wanted to get one more milkshake before they closed, and you could never get near it. You would go in there, and there was a line of people <laughs> waiting to go once it was, no, no, you know, they notified everyone they were closing. Because they didn't give people much notice. They announced it like two weeks before they closed. So, anyway. I appreciate someone not wanting a... Farewell tour. 
Just like, ah, you know, we're, we're done. Yeah. This, this is over here. See you later. Yeah. We need more diners, though. We do. We do. I also need a milkshake. Whenever Bob said a milkshake, I was like, man, I haven't had a milkshake in a long time. I know, right? That sounds good. Um, all right. And then, so, we'll, you know, we've got the, the game on uh, Saturday night, tomorrow night. We're going to learn more about that today with conversations with uh, KSR and then Will, of course. But Sunday, number two, Purdue at number six, Wisconsin. In Madison, 1 p.m. on CBS. That's a good start time, actually. It's not too late in the day. Um, that's CBS's top team: Brad Nessler, Bill Raftery, Jay Wright. That'll be uh, that's a that's a good one. Um, as of right now, I don't know if ESPN, for what it's worth, they didn't they didn't announce an assignment for a sideline reporter for the Tennessee Kentucky game. I, I find that hard to believe. They might they just might not they might not have known who they were locking in yet. But um, so anyway, that's. It's going to feel a little bit like March, I would say, like deep March, which probably the closest Tennessee feels to that. Well, maybe I need to lock in then. Maybe I need to lock in and start expanding my my horizon in the, in the college basketball landscape because for the most part I've still just pretty much been locked in on Tennessee and, you know, Auburn and Alabama because, you know, Tennessee is chasing them in the SEC tournament. But Maybe I need to branch out and watch some some Houston, Kansas, and some who was it? Indiana State and Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- t- Drake. Drake's in Illinois, right? No, Iowa. Iowa. Des Moines. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, and uh, and um, very quickly. That's okay. I think TCU Texas Tech, which is a sneaky good game yeah. on Saturday okay, too. I'm not watching any of that. You're, uh, you're losing me now. Okay, very quick before we go to break. These are the SEC games: Arkansas to LSU. Who cares? South Carolina at Georgia. We do keep an eye on South Carolina now, I'm afraid. Uh, Missouri at Vanderbilt, meaning somebody is going to get their first SEC conference win. Oh, the drama. Florida at Texas A&M. Auburn at Ole Miss. Um, and then Mississippi State at Alabama. So some decent little games in the conference, too. Need Mississippi State to try to do us a solid there with Alabama. I got to say, though, you said nobody cares about Arkansas. I'm interested in their games. <laughs> I want to see what comes out of their story. Uh, I want to watch it. I'm they're, they're the team I'm most interested in in the SEC right now. <laughs> hour one in the books. We'll kick off hour two of headlines. We'll run through some guests and preview Tennessee, Kentucky. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio.